Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast, a safe space dedicated to the hearts and minds of African-American men. Today's work environment presents some unique challenges for Black men, and they can sometimes feel overstressed, overburdened, and at the same time undervalued and underappreciated. The Corporate Minister Podcast is about speaking a word of support, encouragement, and healing to the men in these spaces, as well as to those who love and support them. We also seek to provide a means for others to understand these men, their hopes, dreams, and challenges, in order to bridge the gaps and create a dialogue. Our guiding principles in these discussions are the Word of God and the love of Jesus Christ. Our bedrock scripture, and the one that underpins all of our work here, can be found in Matthew 11, 28 and 29, where it is written, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. With that, we welcome you to the Corporate Minister Podcast, presented by your host, the Reverend Dwayne Dixon. Welcome to the Corporate Minister Podcast. My name is Dwayne Dixon, and I serve on the ministerial staff at Progressive Baptist Church in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm also a technology executive, and I've been in corporate America for more than 25 years. My calling is to minister to the needs of men who are sometimes forgotten, educated men of color. The world sees the job titles, the degrees, the outer trappings of success, and often draws the conclusion that these men don't need ministry. My experience has taught me that nothing could be further from the truth. My objective here is to bring a word from the Lord that will serve as a beacon of hope, solace, and encouragement. Every few weeks, we address one particular topic, stress, fear, pressure, male bonding, failure, and success, and we see what the Word of God has to say about it. From there, we bring in a guest speaker and explore the topic in a bit more detail, and with a little bit of luck, you'll hear something that blesses you. About that, I want to hear from you. Please drop us a line at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your feedback, your ideas. I want to make this a space that is comfortable and relevant. And on that note, let's get started. Let's start by addressing the question everyone has been asking. Where has the corporate minister been? The last time we heard from you was last year. What happened? Well, let's talk about that. The last time you heard from us was May 2020. In June of 2020, the world found out that George Floyd had been murdered. In the summer of 2020, people all over the world took to the streets to protest racial injustice. In the fall of 2020, we had one of the most contentious elections in American history. Shortly thereafter, we had an insurrection at the United States Capitol. Now we're here in the spring of 2021, marking the one year anniversary of the global pandemic. The answer to what happened is that 2020 happened and the world may never be the same. The good news is that God is still on the throne and he's still in the blessing business. The evidence is in the fact that we're still here speaking, listening, learning, and sharing. And I am blessed that you've joined me. And with that, 
Let's get started. Today's topic is the loneliness of leadership. I think a large part of our audience knows something about that, and our scripture comes from 2 Corinthians 4 and 1. I'll be reading from the King James Version. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. That's a really interesting scripture, and let me give you some background on it. The book of 2 Corinthians was written by Paul, and regular listeners to this program have heard his story because he was one of the most prolific writers in the Bible. His name was originally Saul, and he was a relentless persecutor of Christians. But on the road to Damascus, he was blinded and was subsequently converted to Christianity. After that experience, his name became Paul, and he ultimately became one of the most prolific missionaries of Christianity. He made multiple missionary journeys, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and setting up churches as he went. These places included Rome, Corinth, Galatia, Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, and Thessalonica. And as he would move on, he would write letters to the churches in those various places. And those letters became what we've come to know as the epistles or letters of Paul. We know those books, Romans, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and 1st and 2nd Corinthians. 2nd Corinthians, or Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, is where today's text comes from. Now, again, two letters and the difference between the first letter, 1st Corinthians, and the second lies in their tone and focuses. 1 Corinthians is very practical. Paul is focused on the character and setup of the church. He talks about marriage, freedom, spiritual gifts, and order. He's very focused on the well-being of the church. 2 Corinthians is written roughly two years later, and it's far more personal. He's dealing with the fact that there were false teachers in Corinth, and he knew that acceptance of his advice was vital to the church's survival. In 2 Corinthians, Paul is literally bearing his soul and telling of his love for the church. Paul is giving instructions to the church, urging them not to turn away from God's truth, to not turn away from Christ's teachings, and to remain steadfast. So let's revisit that text. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Now, there's another more modern translation, translation that reads, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new ministry, we never give up. He's basically telling the church, no matter how hard it gets, God needs you to hold on and hold out. Now, I want to wrap that text around the concept that leadership is ministry. In fact, in the words of today's guest, Whatever assignment we undertake in the will of God becomes ministry, regardless of the context it is lived out. There is an assurance of mercy granted to those who are seeking to fulfill their assignments amidst a multitude of challenges. So if we accept that interpretation, 
It follows that our corporate work is ministry, especially those of us in leadership positions. We are made stewards of work resources, time, money, and people, especially people. As leaders, we have people's livelihoods in our hands. It's our job to guide them, develop them, and grow them. In short, to lead them. And with leadership, there are challenges. You hear a lot about servant leadership, collaborative leadership, leadership by committee, leadership by engagement. All these are valid, real, useful, and necessary. But there's another reality of leadership. One of the things a leader is put in place to do is to make the hard call, the unpopular decision, adjudication of situations where there is no playbook, no instructions, and no help. The buck stops with you. And no matter what you do, somebody won't like it. And if you make the wrong call, you could lose everything. That's a lonely feeling. Um, as an aside, years ago, I worked for IBM and there was always a running joke that IBM stood for. I've been moved due to the company's propensity to relocate people, sometimes at the drop of a hat. But back in the late 1990s, IBM went to a 100 percent remote workforce and the joke became IBM stands for I'm by myself. That's a lot like what we're dealing with in this COVID season. We're all working from home. We're all alone. And as leaders, that becomes even more isolating because you can only interact with your people electronically, but you still have to get a job done. What do you do with that? How do you deal with that? How do you hold on and hold out? We're going to address those questions with today's guest. He's written a book called The Loneliness of Leadership, and we're going to spend some time digging in. Our guest today is a pastor, theologian, author, musician, husband, and father. Bishop Joseph Walker III is the senior pastor of Church of Nashville, Tennessee. He currently serves as the international presiding bishop in the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship International. He is the author of 11 books. He's been a guest on CNN, the CBS Morning News, The Roland Martin Show, and he authors a monthly op-ed in the Tennessean Tribune entitled Reset. He holds a bachelor's degree from Southern University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a Master's of Divinity degree from Vanderbilt University, a Doctor of Ministry degree from Princeton Theological Seminary. Bishop Walker is a distinguished member of Omega Psi Phi fraternity, but he's also my fraternity brother in Kappa Kappa Psi Honorary Band Fraternity. And maybe most importantly of all, like me, he is a former member of the finest marching band on the planet, the Southern University Human Jukebox. It is my pleasure to introduce to you the Bishop Joseph Walker III. How you doing, Bishop? I am doing so well. I'm so honored to be with you, Dixon. It's my joy. Good, good. You know, you keep busy. Um, you've got a lot going on, pastoring, writing, speaking. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about what you're up to these days? Yeah, you know, I really appreciate that. Uh, of course, the, with pastoring, uh, and then, of course, our church, you know, having multi-locations, of course, in this pandemic, ministry to a global 
congregation of millions around the world, coupled with leading the Full Gospel Fellowship, helping other leaders navigate through this interesting terrain of COVID-19. Uh, I also serve on uh, the board of the oldest African-American bank uh, in the country, Citizens Bank, as well as chair the board of trust for Tennessee State University, HBCU here in Nashville, and serve also on the board of Meharry Medical College, which puts out most African-American doctors in the world. And, you know, being a husband and a father of two small kids, one who is three and one who is eight, about to be nine, uh, it, is, it is a whirlwind, but it is manageable because a few things that I've learned to put in place to help balance it all. I think that whenever it stops becoming fun, I think that's when you really are off kilter to what God has originally ordained you to do. That's all right. That's all right. Um, you are no stranger to Second Corinthians four and one. How does that matter to you? How does that? How has that shown up in your life? Yeah, you know, I've used that scripture as a mantra in my own life uh, because I think it's important to understand the we in that. Uh, often leadership, often uh, believes so many people who are in leadership will believe that that it's an I thing that it's you know it can't happen unless I do it or. I've got to be there for the people. Or I have to do this. And we don't realize that what that scripture is really helping us see is really a collaborative model of ministry. Jesus uh, enlists uh, ordinary men and take them on an extraordinary journey. Uh, and it is a collaborative model. He doesn't try to do it by himself, but he enlists the right kinds of folks to come alongside him. And the corporate and collaborative model of ministry is so critical, right? Because therefore seeing we have this ministry, not I, we, mm -hmm. And we then develop not only uh, comrades, uh, but we also, uh, you know, develop a sense of, 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 of camaraderie and, and, and commitment from others who can come alongside in this collaborative process and help us get things done. The work is too great for one. Uh, and we have to reimagine what leadership looks like. And so for me, that's what it's been. I see myself as a part of a whole. Uh, and I see myself intentionally bringing the right people alongside to help get things done. Amazing. That's absolutely on point. Now, what is the key takeaway, the key message for brothers in our audience who are sitting in a lonely leadership space? Well, you know, the key takeaway is that you're not by yourself. The fact mm. is, is that leadership is lonely business and the air gets thinner as you go up and you're going to have to know how to reconcile that moment of, of ministering and leading the masses and yet coming home to the isolated place of trying to be understood trying to get people to understand the, the weight and the struggle and, and, and that you endure. And I think it's important, again, to know that you're not by yourself, but it's also important to make certain that you use this space of loneliness and isolation as a catalyst for creativity and, uh, and for things that are productive versus allowing it to lead you down paths that are destructive and that could literally undermine God's plans for your life. That's right. That's right. Now, these are unsettling times. We, we talked about the COVID season um, and, and so many other things at the top of the broadcast. How does this message speak to such a time as this? Yeah, I think that when we think about COVID-19, we've all been made to social distance. We've often uh, not been able in some instances, some people, uh, to, 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 to distinguish between social distancing and social isolation. Mm. It is it is not meant to be social isolation. It is important that we 
seek out communities, innovation through Zoom, through WebEx. All of these opportunities give us a great chance of reconnecting with folks we haven't spoken to in years. We couldn't fly to certain places, but now we can get on a Zoom and catch up with classmates, catch up with cousins we hadn't seen in years. So it's important to build that community. And I think what it's teaching us is that connectivity is the new currency. It's, it's that for the church, it's that for business, it's that for everything. Those who connect well are those who will be affected, uh, not only in this pandemic, but even post-pandemic, because now that folks have figured out ways to, to connect without having to show up into the physical space, it's gonna be incumbent upon us to make certain that we create uh, efficacies in that area in our ministries, as well as uh, you know, in our businesses that we can still minister to people and meet people's needs. That's exactly right. We always talk about we we're called to minister to people where they are. Um, We've learned skills in this pandemic time that allow us to get closer and closer to where people are. Um, It's been said that beside and not behind, but beside every great man is a great woman. What would you say about this topic to the women who are supporting men of color in these spaces? Yeah, you know, I think it's important. You know, I'm very blessed to have a wife who, you know, my wife is a, say, a physician, very, you know, extraordinary woman. I'm very blessed, but she's she's a woman who gets it, who understands uh, what it means when her husband is leading. It takes a unique woman to walk alongside a man who is responsible for more than himself in the community, the target that's on his back all the time, uh, you know, the private struggles he has to deal with. And, and it's important for her to understand he needs you. He needs you to be the third ear. He needs you to be the third eye. You know, it's 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 when a man goes out to work, it's like going into the boxing ring. You know, the bell rings, he goes and he's taking blows. He's, he's punching, he's taking blows. And when the bell rings, he comes home, that's his corner. He needs a chair, towel, some water. You know, he needs some shoulders massage. He doesn't need to fight in his corner. He can't fight in his corner and fight in the ring. So he needs a woman that understands that. And I think sisters get that, get it, right? It's so important as, as he loves you and he pours into you that you you understand the need to, to minister to this unique uh, individual who's doing these things that are uh, calling him into service beyond himself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, are there any resources on this topic, books, websites, information you'd like to share to our audience? In other words, we talked about the fact that you've written the book. Maybe you'd like to direct our audience to that. Tell us tell us what... what I absolutely would. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. I've written several books I'd like to share with you. My latest book is my 13th book. It's called Leadership and Loneliness. And I certainly would encourage you to go and get it. All of these resources, you can, you can get this book on Amazon, but you can also get it at josephwalker3.org. And I want to send you to that website because also on that website, you'll find the book um, my wife and I wrote called Coming a Couple of Destiny. We talked about our journeys of what it means to lead alongside each other and you know how I have to decrease while she increases and we go back and forth supporting each other. Also have another book out there. It's called Leaderships, uh, you know, managing change and transitions in life and leadership. And another book out there I want to recommend, two others, one called No Opportunity Wasted. The Art of Execution, How to Move Theory into Praxis, You Have a Vision, How to Make It Happen. And then, of course, uh, the 12th book before this latest book was Restored at the Root, uh, really getting to the core issues of the things that are within us that prevent us from, from actually producing the fruit that God has for our lives. I encourage you to go to josephfalker3.org 
and also a podcast uh, that I would like you to tune into. It's it's free. It's called Next Level Leader, uh, Dr. Joseph Walker. Every week I'm pouring into leaders. I'm pouring into people similar to what you're doing in this space. And uh, and, and so I encourage your folks to connect through the website, josephwalker3.org, and also through the podcast. Wonderful. Now, you know, I look at your background. I read your background. You have an amazing ministry background. You have an amazing ministry journey. I mean, this is a long way from the human jukebox. I mean, can you tell our audience, I mean, how how your ministry journey unfolded from where you started to where you are today? Yeah, you know, when I went to Southern, I, you know, I'm from Shreveport, Louisiana, I went to Southern, I was going to be a lawyer, uh, majoring in English, and, you know, I was going to school in the summer, I finished school in three years, and I was so determined to go to law school. The Lord called me to minister. I ended up here in Nashville, uh, go to divinity school, and, of course, the rest is history. I do think, though, that the things that I learned at Southern, and you can attest to this, it was in the band we became men. Yes, sir. And it's there, Dr. Griggs, it's still within us uh, various uh, you know, values that would be lifelong, be in the right place at the right time with the writer couldn't ready to concentrate. You know, you can't be as good as, you got to be better than. Those are the kinds of principles that, that, that govern my ministry of excellence. And so when you see everything that we're doing, you know, we're, we're very focused on doing it in excellence. Our team knows if we show up for something for Bishop and it's at 11 and you show up at 11, he looks at you as late. You know, you have to always manage it in a spirit of excellence and uh, and intentionality. And so my journey was one, just God took this little nappy head sign that was born from Shreveport and <laughs> imagine he'd be where he is today. And God opened the world up to me. They were medicine places I never imagined. They were on platforms and have relationships with folks I never would have imagined. And for that, I give him all the glory and praise. Indeed, indeed. Do you have a final thought as we come to the end of our time together yeah. um, that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you again for this opportunity to be a part of this, this awesome, awesome podcast. And my, my thought is, accept the difference. Own it. Don't run from it. Um, when I deal with the leadership and loneliness, is the idea that God takes our difference and he uses it for his glory. And when you're misunderstood, you have to manage that. Jesus is with the disciples. Uh, he goes apart to pray, he comes back walking on the water, doing something extraordinary. And they think he's a ghost. And he has to reintroduce himself to folks he had been with for some time. And a part of leadership is when you grow and you go to different dimensions and you begin to do things that are out of the box, out of the boat, you have to reintroduce yourself to people who have known you in one space. And you have to be okay doing that because people will often lock you into how they've always known you and never really embrace what you have become and where you're going. I just believe that if you continue to accept and embrace your difference and continue to grind and continue to push forward, I believe that God will surround you with the right people at the right time to help you get the right things done. Brother, that is amazing advice. That's an amazing thought to end on. I want to thank you so much for making the time. I want to thank you so much for sharing with our audience. We have absolutely been blessed by your presence here. I appreciate you so much, Frat, and I wish you all the best going forward. Thank you, my friend. Be blessed. Thanks for joining us at The Corporate Minister. We appreciate your spending time with us, and we would love to hear from you. 
If you have show ideas, prayer concerns, or if you are blessed by what you heard today, please drop us a note at thecorporateminister at gmail.com. Again, that's thecorporateminister at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we'll see you next time.